Delicious meets nutritious in the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios. Each one-ounce serving of wonderful pistachios has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value and making wonderful pistachios one of the highest protein nuts. But perhaps more than that, I love all of the flavors they have. Their sea salt and vinegar ones are my favorite when I'm craving that flavor but want to keep it healthy. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Wonderful pistachios come in a variety of flavors, like chili roasted, honey roasted, smoky barbecue, and jalapeno lime, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. So fill up with a healthy snack when hunger strikes. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. That's wonderfulpistachios.com. This is Optimal Health Daily, episode 446. How I Finally Faced My Weight and Debt Problems by Leo Babauta of zenhabits.net. And I'm Dr. Neil, your host and narrator. Happy Monday, happy day after April Fool's Day. Welcome back to another week of Optimal Health Daily. This is where I read to you from some of the best health and fitness blogs on the web, kind of like an ongoing audiobook. Some of the authors I read from include Nerd Fitness, Ben Greenfield, Healthline, and lots more. And don't forget, we have five shows where we narrate blogs for you, and we cover a bunch of different topics. You can check them all out by searching for Optimal Living Daily wherever you're hearing this. Now, today's post is sort of a mix between a few of our shows. Leo Babauta is typically narrated on Optimal Living Daily, which is my brother's podcast. But he is also talking about money, which is normally covered on Optimal Finance Daily. But since he's also covering weight loss, we thought it'd be good for this show. And plus, it's been a while since I've read one of Leo's posts, so I'm excited to do that. Let's jump right in as we optimize your life. How I Finally Faced My Weight and Debt Problems by Leo Babauta of zenhabits.net There was a time when I was overweight but didn't want to admit it to myself. I didn't feel in control of my health because I couldn't quit smoking or eat healthier for longer than a few days nor exercise regularly. Thinking about my weight made me feel horrible so I didn't even want to think about it. Of course, not thinking about it meant I never did anything about it. Not facing my problems made it worse which just made me feel worse. It was a downward spiral and really hard to stop. I had the same downward spiral when I was in debt and it was around the same time in my life, about eight years ago. I couldn't pay all my bills, so I'd stuff them in a drawer so I didn't have to see them. I had creditors calling me, but I didn't answer their calls. I knew their numbers on their caller ID. I didn't know how much debt I was in because I never wanted to open the envelopes, much less add it all up on paper. I'd borrow money to pay bills, then end up owing more and I'd skip paying lots of bills and accrue interest. It wasn't a smart way to manage my finances, but I couldn't stand the thought of facing all of it. I felt bad even thinking about my finances, so I'd avoid them and think about other things. Of course, this led to me seeking distraction in food and entertainment and shopping, which led to more debt. Not facing my debt made it worse. How did I overcome all of this? I'll share it here in hopes that it will help others facing the same problem or not facing it. It's also important to note that if you know someone in bad health or in bad financial shape, they're probably also in denial. They don't want to even talk about it. So how do you help them? I'll share that in a bit as well. How I finally faced things. 
So how do you face a problem so you can work on it when you don't want to face it? There has to be a point when you say, this isn't good. I need to do something about it. In truth, there usually isn't just one point. There are many. It's a building problem where you get many data points over time. You see yourself in a picture and don't like how heavy you look. Or you get a comment from someone that's less than flattering. Or your pants don't fit anymore. Or you breathe heavily when you try to run for a couple of minutes. But then there has to be a point where you decide that enough is enough. You start to feel some resolve. You decide you can do something. That it's not insurmountable. How exactly I got to that point, I can't fully remember. But I do know that there were several things that helped me. One, inspiration. Seeing other people with similar situations who overcame the problem in blogs or podcasts and magazines mainly. Two, doability. I didn't think I could lose all the weight or overcome my huge mountain of debt in a day or a week, but having a small step I could actually do was mentally empowering. If I could do something in a day or two, that was doable. I felt like I could take control again. Three, motivation. When I saw that my health problems were going to be an example for my kids, I knew I had to make a change. When I saw that my financial problems were hurting my family, I knew I had to make a change. In both cases, my motivation for change was bigger than myself. I was doing it to help people I cared about. And four, commitment. When I was inspired by others to make a change, I took an easy step that's actually a very big step. I made a commitment. Making a commitment is actually very easy. You can tell a friend, a child, a spouse, or the world via social media or email that you're going to make a change. Commit not just to losing weight or getting out of debt, but to something specific, like run three times a week and cut out sweets. That would be better. Another example would be make a list of all my debts, then make a payment to the first one. Those are first steps. You can always add more veggies or make a meal plan after you get started. But making a commitment is an easy, if a bit scary, first step that will lock you into further steps. I have to admit that it wasn't as simple as making a decision to change and then continually making progress with no discouragements. Not at all. I would try to make a change, slip up, feel badly, then start again, and again, and make adjustments each time, learning about myself in the process, and over time, getting good at the skill of change. But the first step, facing the problem, was made possible by inspiration, doability, motivation, and finally, commitment. How to get others to face their problems. I firmly believe that you can't force anyone to change. You can only inspire them to change if you're lucky. That's not an easy task. If you have a friend or family member who is struggling with health issues or financial problems or something similar where they don't want to face the problem, it's tough. They probably don't want to hear it from you. However, That's not to say you should throw your hands up and forget about it. You can still help. Just don't try to force it. Here's what I would suggest. One, never attack, empathize. Never tell the person they're doing something wrong or imply they're a bad or undisciplined or lazy person. Assume that they have the best of intentions, that they would change if they could, but they feel badly about it. Assume that you would feel the same if you were in their position and try to remember a time when you felt that way. Don't be patronizing nor sympathize. That's condescending. Two, inspire. Set an example and share what's working for you. Share stories of other people who have overcome problems. Three, suggest something doable and do it with them. 
If you want them to tackle health issues, suggest the two of you go walking after work every day, just for 15 minutes at first. It's a nice way to socialize and bond, but also get active. This is a small step that can be built upon. Later, you can walk further or faster and maybe add some jogging intervals to the walking after a few weeks or months, health permitting. You can also later do some diet challenges, but the key is to make the steps doable, easy, and social. Four, offer to be an accountability buddy. If the other person admits to not being motivated, suggest that they commit to you and be accountable to you, like email you every day or every week to share progress or lack thereof. Suggest that they set a fun consequence, maybe something embarrassing, if they don't live up to their commitment to you. Or do a challenge, where the two of you are doing something fun at the same time. A push-up challenge, a thousand steps challenge, an eat more vegetables challenge. You get the idea. Despite your best efforts, this might not work. You can't force change on someone. They have to want it themselves. And if they don't, you can't make them want it. In that case, you'll have to back off, though showing concern and wanting to help is always something you can do. Change is possible. Facing problems is totally possible. You just might need a little inspiration to do it. You just listened to the post titled, How I Finally Faced My Weight and Debt Problems by Leo Babauta of zenhabits.net. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it filters out incompatible applicants. So, When you're hiring, the process is much faster and you only have to consider applicants that are already likely to be a great fit. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash health. Just go to indeed.com slash health right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash health. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. I'm sure we've all been in that situation where someone comes to us for some advice and we give them the advice and then they start arguing with us. They put up this wall of resistance and in our heads we're thinking, wait, you came to me for advice. What's going on here? Why are you resisting my advice? I didn't come to you. And then you find yourself arguing with them a little bit and then it becomes this whole thing where They don't want to lose the argument and yet you keep thinking, well, you came to me for advice and then you both leave the conversation frustrated. And so Leo was absolutely right. When a person comes to you and they sound like they need some help or they want some advice, it's probably in your best interest to not jump right in and give them that advice. Sounds counterintuitive, I know. Sometimes they just want to be heard. And so Leo's first rule, never attack, empathize, is absolutely correct. Sometimes you just need to listen. Let them know that you hear them, but refrain from giving any advice. I promise you, the conversation will go a lot more smoothly. But then what if they say, just tell me, what do you think? What advice do you have for me? Well, then at that moment, they're hopefully ready to hear it. There's this whole field of counseling psychology called motivational interviewing. 
This is something I teach my students. And one of the first things we learn is to not give advice. My students are usually shocked by this. They're getting advanced degrees so that they can give advice. But really the first thing people need to do is listen. And when you start listening, sometimes people can actually talk themselves into change. The idea doesn't even have to come from you. If you wanna learn more about motivational interviewing, do a Google search on Stephen Rolnick. He was kind of the founder of this and he's got lots of wonderful resources. If you can master motivational interviewing, I guarantee people will be flocking to you for advice. Now again, really quickly before I go, you can hear more from Zen Habits being narrated on pretty much all of our shows because Leo writes about a wide range of topics. So to subscribe to our other podcasts, just search for Optimal Living Daily. All right, I hope you have a wonderful Monday. Have a great start to your week. I'll be back here tomorrow with a post from regular contributor, Nia Shanks, and where your optimal life awaits. Hello, Life Optimizer. This is Justin Mollick, creator and producer of this show and Optimal Living Daily, the brother podcast of this one. Literally, I'm Dr. Neil's brother. If you like the format of this show, you'll love Optimal Living Daily too, where I also read to you from blogs, but cover other topics like personal development, finance, and minimalism from bloggers like Derek Sivers, The Minimalists, Zen Habits, and many more. So for more amazing content read to you for free, come subscribe to Optimal Living Daily too, and together we'll optimize your life. You've been listening to Optimal Health Daily. Be sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on each new episode and head to oldpodcast.com That's oldpodcast.com for a free gift, as well as more actionable tips and resources to help you maximize your potential. Thanks for joining us, and remember, your optimal life awaits.